0: You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. It's your girl Des. I am feeling Good. Okay. I have been waiting. When I say waiting, I have been waiting to get to this very moment that I'm sitting in right now so I could record and share it with y'all. And the moment has come. So I'm teed up. I am excited and I just want to share some news with you guys. But the way that I'm going to share, I hope that it's encouraging, that it helps you. Um, where you are on your journey, and it gives you more about your girls. Y'all can understand where I've been at, what I've been doing, and we can just continue to go on this ride together. You'll be able to relate if you are in a state of transition right now. This episode is for you. If you're in a state of newness, having to start over, recalibrating some things, rethinking about some things, reorchestrating, reorganizing all of it. You're in a new space, but it's kind of a space that you've been in before and you're trying to figure out how exactly to navigate. This episode is going to help you. As always, we're going to get into the power punch of the week and then we'll get into it. Brooklyn is trash on the street. A man yelling down the road. Food, so much food. Italian, American, Asian, Nigerian, Jamaican, Cuban, Greek. Can I tell you about the empanadas? I love empanadas. It's families. Children on playgrounds. Children run around playing. Motorcycle boys loud. It's very loud. Then there's the train. Bus train. Walk a mile, walk a mile run them out, feel good, more trash on the street, Black-owned business, women-owned business, family-owned business, community, love, support. It's a space to connect, a space to cry, a space to try harder, go harder, fall into yourself. Brooklyn, it's not the city, it's not the suburbs, but home. This it just sums up how I feel. Brooklyn is my home. It's where I live. And I've been living in Brooklyn coming up on... Four years, y'all, four years. I moved to New York in 2017. I graduated from college and I had an internship here in the city. And so that summer I was interning here. I'd never been to New York a day in my life, never rode the subway, never seen the rats in a subway, child. There was just so many things that were new to me. And my number one goal that summer was to get a job. Your girl was unemployed, big, big unemployed okay and so i was at my internship and i was going hard and i was like i need these people to hire me and again new york wasn't the place that i had to be at but since it's where i was interning at it it became the place very quickly. I was like, I need a job and I want a job in my field. I did not spend all this time in school. I did five years in college because I transferred after my freshman year. And so I was like, I did not do this five years in school, get these loans to not have no job. And so I've been in Brooklyn for a while and I got to sit this week and think about Brooklyn. I'm coming up, um, August makes four years. So August is coming around the bend and I'm just thinking about, brooklyn and so with this piece it's super short it's just kind of sensory overload as i'm saying the different cuisines you can start to think of cuisine that you've had yourself without me even saying a type of dish When you hear a man yelling on the street, whether you've been to New York or not, Brooklyn or not, you can think about a man yelling on your block, in your vicinity. When I say kids run around playing, you can think about kids, maybe even children in your own family and how they play and interact with you. And all of that sensory overload, it it just, it warms your heart. It just makes you feel good. And I think that whatever connection you have, I don't say Brooklyn too, too much in the piece. I only say it twice. But if you take that out and you put Camden, if you put Dallas, if you put Ohio, if you put Italy, Greece, wherever home is for you, and you start to put in your own things, you really start to have an appreciation and a gratitude for what home looks like for you. Even the trash on the street, right? Just recognizing what those things are that makes up your community, just changes your posture with how you feel about it and how you look at it. And so if you are a writer, or even if you aren't, I think this is an easy prompt that you could take on to sit with gratitude this week or just to reflect on what home means to you. And maybe it's not the city at large, it's your bedroom. And think about the pieces that that mark your bedroom. Maybe it's your living room. You've been working there. So that's kind of home for you because you're working from home. What does that look like? What kind of smells and sounds exist in that space? And as you start to write You might smile, you might chuckle. there just be these things that stick out and they may actually only stick out to you or they could be universal for where you are. But I think that it's a beautiful prompt to express gratitude this week. So try it out. And if you do, and you found it helpful, be sure to hit me up and let me know how it was. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay. So, if you are a part of the pros and praise pages newsletter community, then you already got a heads up that I was moving this past week. And so, I'm still in Brooklyn. I used to live in Bedside, now I live in Bushwick. And it has been a journey to get to this new apartment, okay? When I'm talking journey, it's been a journey. And I've moved before. I've had to transition before moving is expensive. I've had to do the search, see things, and I'm like, this is small, why would you show me this? Pack up all my stuff, unpack all my stuff, buy new stuff, throw out old stuff. So many things, right? That comes along with moving, that comes along with being in a state of transition. And a lot of times when we talk to other people about it, we talk about the physical aspect, how much money you have to spend. And packing, physically packing your things up. I want to talk from a spiritual standpoint and from an emotive standpoint. So, earlier this week, I actually, I guess like a week and a half ago, I kind of knew where I was going, but I didn't even have a date on when I was moving in yet. So, there was just a lot of stress. I'm gonna run it back actually. So I was in an apartment in bedside and I had been staying there for the past two years. I thought I was going to stay there a third year, but my roommate, we decided that we weren't going to be roommates anymore. She actually was like, hey, I'm thinking about looking at places to live by myself. And I was like, girl, you sh- totally should, like period. And so at first I thought I was just going to find another roommate and stay at my apartment. And then I started recalculating things and thinking, and I was like, I think I can live alone too. And so that, just the possibility of being open to that made me think that maybe I could live by myself. And before I got to that spot, I was really caught off guard that I wasn't going to be resigning at my place. I had no real intention to move in 2021. And I thought this was going to be the last year that I lived with my roommate or had a roommate at all. But I definitely was not planning to move this year. We've just been on lockdown. We're popping back out. I'm just trying to ease back into this whole thing, especially when I'm thinking about the economy and all that. I was like, let me just take it easy. And that's not what happened. I, she told me that and I was like, okay, well, I guess this is what's happening. And so once I made the decision that I was going to try to live by myself as well, That's when my search began. So at this time, I had a couple months before my lease was up, and so I was feeling really comfortable with my search, really comfortable with having to find a roommate as a backup plan, and being comfortable with seeing apartments, but also not having to make that like my daily grind as trying to find a place to live. So I felt really, really comfortable, prayed about it, but wasn't going OD, thinking about it, but not thinking about it OD, right? And so as time goes on, it's getting closer and closer to when your girl got to be at her apartment. And I did not feel any closer to what I wanted. I live in New York, live in Brooklyn, and it is not a cheap city, as y'all know. And so I make a certain amount of money and you need a certain amount of money to start to even begin conversations about living with yourself in the city. And so as I'm... Deciding that I make enough, but not too much, to like you know, be living large. I was like, okay, some of the stuff I'm seeing is ghetto, some of the stuff I'm seeing is small, some of the stuff I'm seeing is not even a real apartment, and so. I started to feel the anxiety. I started to feel the stress. I started to feel let down by my roommate and disappointed that she was going to do her own thing. I started to be disappointed in my job and my career and the fact that I was only making a certain amount of money. All of these things that strip away from the gratitude that I've had my job the entire pandemic, things that were taking away the fact that I had the same roommate since I moved to New York. We were interns together. And so I didn't have to constantly every year get used to living with a new person, trying to figure out how they handle environments and how they like their space. I had consistency in that front as well. And I got to grow. In the past four years. And so the more and more that I let anxiety creep in, the more and more that I let my disappointment and just negative thoughts take over how I was viewing my situation, the less positive I felt about the possibility of living by myself. The less positive that I felt about being able to redecorate my space, to buy some new pieces, to get rid of some things that I kind of was tired of looking at anyway. There was so much possibility on the other side of this thing, but where I was sitting, I wasn't thinking about any of that. And it took me really getting closer and closer to my date and feeling more and more pressure, feeling more and more pressure with other things that are going on in my life. And I had to surrender. I had to invite God into what was happening. I had to invite him into my anxiety, into my disappointment, and I had to tell him what I was looking for. The more that I tried to look for things without God, the less I saw God in the things I was looking for. That, it just adds pressure to the situation. It makes you feel helpless, it makes you feel homeless when you're looking for an apartment, and you consistently are watching the clock, instead of watching God's characteristics, keeping your eye on him and knowing without a shot of a doubt that he's going to come through. That's not where I was at. I was like, Ooh, if I got to make this happen, it don't look like it's happening right now. Like I'm really feeling like I'm backed against a wall. I started to think about what if I had a roommate? I started to think about should I be doing this? All of these thoughts. And it just added confusion to my situation. And so. I started praying about it and there were a couple of things that I did that I would have did anyway, but, um, as I continue to tell the story, it'll make sense. And so I was praying about it. I talked to a friend, um, and I started just telling people, you know, what I'm looking for and things like that. And I also journaled it out just like how people do when they're looking for a mate. If you're looking for a new job, I had to write out the things that I was expecting God to um, provide for me in this season. And I just wrote it down. And writing it down relieved anxiety just in general. My shoulders were relaxed because I could see it on paper versus all these thoughts swirling in my head. That was one less thing that I was thinking about. And so wrote some things out had my eyes open, kept looking at things. Decided to look at my budget, child, because I didn't want strain later of trying to pay for rent in a place that I couldn't really afford to live in in the first place, and. I've tried not to speak negatively about the housing market in New York. So there were a lot of places that were cheaper during the pandemic, and instead of going with the shoulda, woulda, couldas, or I shoulda bought it this time, and XYZ, I just tried to focus on now. What am I expecting now? Where, how can my faith be built now? What can I pray about now? And how can people that I know help me now? Because looking back on 2020, and I'm in 2021, does me no good. And that's adding to the pressure that I feel, right? And so there is this one handy-dandy tool that you can use when you're searching for a place in New York, and it is called the Housing Lottery. And so how the Housing Lottery works is a lot of new developers, when you're building a new building, you have to reserve a few units in your building lower income housing. And lower income could mean you're making like 15 a year up to six figures a year. It really is low income depending on how much cheaper the rent will be as opposed to how much it should be or what's the market value for said unit. And so what developers will do is they'll place X amount, however many they're supposed to have, they'll place those on this website and There you'll be able to see how much your rent will be. If you stay there, you'll be able to get pictures of the unit, and then um, you'll be able to see if you meet the requirements to apply. The application process is super simple. You just put it like how much you make and stuff, and then you just start pressing the button apply to whatever units tickle your fancy. And you also can see where in the city it is. So if I don't wanna live in the Bronx, then I don't apply to things in the Bronx. And so as I was doing my search, I also was applying to homes on the housing lottery website. Most people don't win. It truly is a lottery. You can't pay your way to get into these units. You can't talk to somebody. Like usually, they just pick some numbers. And if your number is picked, you got a new apartment. And if it ain't, then you don't. And so I did that and I didn't really think too much about it. But then, There was this girl that I know and she won the housing lottery. She posted on her TikTok and she was moving in. She found a great studio in Brooklyn and I remember feeling excited. For her, and I think that as we are on journeys of transition and we are wanting things for ourselves, and maybe noticing other people get those very things you're wanting a new job, and you see somebody else post something else on LinkedIn about how they're so blessed to get a new position. Somebody at work got promoted. If you want some shoes and you see somebody walking down the street with them all, honey, whatever it is, when you have that moment where your heart kind of smiles versus being upset or having pity for yourself, that's when you're on the you're on the right track. Pay attention to those moments that are not small and God recognizes them. That is a heart posture that cannot be faked, especially when you are waiting on something. And so there was some point during my search when I started to shift how I responded both internally and it started to manifest outwardly, right? And so as I'm going about, I thought I found this place and it just was in the wrong side of town. The apartment itself was beautiful. It was like one and a half bathrooms. Really like a two bathroom because I had a shower in the other one. Nice space in the living room. Nice storage. I had a balcony, like all this stuff. But Not a great side of town. There's no grocery store. I was like, how am I going (laughs) to eat? The walk to the train wasn't too bad. I don't know. It just wasn't the right place like I thought it was. I was like, so sold on it. And I went to go see it and it was not the place. And I started to feel kind of defeated, but also at the same time, not worried. Like, I still hung out with friends that weekend and everything. And I just like, okay, well, God, show me what's next. So we're getting to the like three week mark of me needing to move out of my apartment and I, two weeks out, actually two weeks out, I found out that I won the housing lottery. I won the New York housing lottery. That don't happen, y'all. Ooh, it does not happen. And I was freaking out. I'm freaking out. I did not know where I was moving to. And I had two weeks to find somewhere to go. Now, the New York housing market, I will say, you can find a place very quickly. Um, typically, people find their apartments within the two-week mark that they need to be out. And so I had hope, but it, it was discouraging that I wasn't seeing places that I felt like fit my needs and what I was looking for. I didn't want to settle, but I also wanted to be grateful, again, for my privacy and having my space to myself. And so, finding out that I won the lottery was just, oh my gosh, I just can't even explain how beautiful it was, enriching that it was. And it was a new phase of my New York journey for me. I mean, living by myself is like, what? And so, I was able to see the place, and then there's paperwork that you have to fill out. So, once you find out that you won, if they pulled your lottery number, you have to submit some paperwork so that way they can confirm your income and that you can really get the discounted rate for the unit as advertised and so I had to send the paperwork and the girl that I saw that won like a week or two prior to me finding out I won she said that it took like a month for her to turn in her paperwork and then eventually move in I had two weeks I was like I don't have a month guide please help me out And so I prayed even more about the space and I started to envision me in the space. I started to think about what I wanted to do. I was playing with my Pinterest board, like all these things. And I was asking for favor. I prayed for favor with the people who were going to be reviewing my application, favor with me making sure that I turned in everything properly and didn't have to go back and turn anything else in. And the process couldn't have been more... Tumultuous and smooth at the same time. I had this wonderful person who was a project manager over my case, and she was very communicative. She helped me out with the entire process. I actually did forget something in my packet that I need to turn in. She let me know super quick, and I turned it in like the same day. So that was great. And then I got to talk to the least. Manager over the unit. I got to come and physically see it in person outside of just the things that were uploaded online. And again, I got to really just picture myself in the space. It's beautiful, one bedroom, lots of space. I have an elevator in my building, balcony, and it's different from my old place. It's a different neighborhood. And so I was excited. I'm like, not only. Am I gonna get a new apartment? But I'm starting over. My sh- bodega that I go to around the corner is gonna be different. The train that I take to work when I go back to work is gonna be different. And everything, my neighborhood, my neighbors, the entire way that I do life is going to shift because of this. And that can be daunting. Most of the time, when we think about starting over, we clam up, we fold into ourselves instead of falling into ourselves. We reclude and we go backwards. We don't even like to express ourselves via furniture and things when we move because we just want to get to the place, right? We just want to get to that space and we're nervous. We don't know how to manage this new space yet. And I refuse to let myself be there. I wanted to be creative and how I show up in this space with Furniture that I buy, and even myself. I start to think about me recording my last episode. I felt so good recording it in my old apartment, knowing that was the last episode I'm going to record in that apartment. Just building up myself to walk with God in the newness that He was trying to provide for me. That is important. And when God opens a door, you want to meet Him and walk in. You don't want to stand at the door and be talking about what's going to be on the other side and all your hesitations and what you think about. And when we think about Moses, that's what he did, right? God is like, you going to go through the Red Sea, you're going to say the children of Israel, and there's going to be a newness on the other side. And they're going to have to build the city up, right? They're going to have to start over. However, it is a blessing that God even called them to walk into that. But when Moses first heard about it, he was sitting there and he was tripping. And so we all have those opportunities each and every time we're presented with something new. We could have that Moses posture that he had in the beginning and be like, hold on, you got the wrong number. I don't know what you're talking about. Or we can fall into the newness that God is providing for us. And it's a decision that we get to make. And so i was nervous about me being able to move in on time, but I also was believing in faith. And so I knew the place I was moving in. I had an address, but I did not have a move-in day, child. And that was causing so much stress. But I, I was just like, I cannot not move in. Like God would not provide this blessing for me and not let me move in when my lease is up. And so I had told my landlord that I'm moving out, even though I didn't know what day I was moving out, and I started packing my clothes up and getting those things ready, I told my team and some of my friends, I "Was like, hey, I'm moving the weekend of the 15th. I'm gonna be out. Like, I'll see y'all later." And so I just started walking in the authority that God had already. Approved for me to walk in. You have an apartment. This impossible lottery, you have won. I've called your number. Your name is on this. I need you to walk in that posture. I need you to believe in that fashion. I need your hope to meet me there. And that can be scary. Anybody that is moving in faith right now, you started a business, you got the Instagram, you got the website, and you're launching your posts and stuff, if you're doing anything creative, anything with your voice, God sees you and he recognizes it. And it is no small thing. I want to share out of Genesis. I was reading Genesis and Noah inspired me. Noah inspired me. And so I want to share with you guys, everything that I'm going to be sharing is in the message version. And I just want to share a few ways that, Mo- Sorry, that Noah, with his acts of faith and how he was activating that, which each step that he took motivated me as I was preparing for my move. And so if we read Genesis 7, 13 through 16, it's talking about the day that Noah and his sons and his wife boarded the ship. God has told him that he's going to be going in this boat and that he's going to start the world over. There's going to be a newness that has to happen. And at the end of this chunk, since it's the message version, it is a chunk of scripture, but the, the last sentence reads, then God shut the door behind them. Noah took everything that he had and then God shut the door behind him. God shut the door. There are going to be seasons, moments, and opportunities that God will shut the door on with the intention of keeping them out. And God knows best. When he shuts a door, believe him. And so when I'm thinking about my previous apartment, that was something that had all my stuff in it, just like Noah had to have all his stuff on the boat. And I had the intention full, fully of staying there, whether I had to get a new roommate or like I was like, maybe God will give me a new job, child, and I can play for this whole thing myself. Like I was just fully expecting to stay there. And I didn't share, but I've been on the same streets in Brooklyn since I moved to New York. I've had two apartments, but they were both on the same street. And so I was expecting to stay there, but God was trying to shut that door. There was a newness, a starting over that would birth something new that he wanted me to sit in. But I had to be willing to meet him in that. And I was just so inspired by Noah because, I mean, God told him he was starting the world over. The human race. Everybody except his family and the two-by-two two other animals were going to be destroyed. <laughs> that a flood was coming and to get ready. Noah had never even seen rain, never even heard of a flood. Like, what? And he got the instruction. If we read Genesis 6, it reads Noah did everything God commanded him to do. He just obeyed. He just walked in the authority that God gave him. That is some different level type of faith. That we don't see he say nothing about no rebuttal. He don't question what the heck going on. He just does it. He just does it. And less than a full chapter later, he gathers the animals, he gathers his people, and he's in the boat and God shuts the door. Behind him. There is no turning back. This is happening. And I think we need those no turning back moments to push us to that next phase. You telling your landlord that you're leaving, that is making you fully dedicated to you leaving. You packing up your stuff, you getting some boxes, you filling up your suitcase. That is full-fledged saying, God, I believe not only in what you said, but I believe enough to do the work, to walk in what you've called me to walk in. You show up different. You talk different when you do stuff like that. And so on my search, as I am waiting, I understand that I have two weeks to be out of my place, especially since I told my landlord I was leaving and I understand that they also have to fill out my paperwork and process me. And I also heard about an interview that you have to do as well. And I was like, shoot, after the interview, then what? Like I was just thinking about all of these things and I had to keep surrendering it to God. I was praying. I was writing things out and I was looking at sermons, honestly. And there was a sermon by Sir J. Roberts. Roberts. Uh, I want to say it was called, oh, it was called The Undoing. I'll link it in the show notes. Great sermon, great sermon. That motivated me to read about Noah actually. And so as you start to move in this faith, in this type of way, you're going to be doing some check-ins, right? And so I was emailing the lease manager and I was like, hey, So here's my situation. I have to be out by this day. Is there anything we can do to expedite the process? Is there any way I could move in? Like I was just asking all these questions. And then I also was talking to the housing lottery folks and letting them know my situation as well. And in Noah's story, if we go to Genesis 8, 10 through 11, it reads, he waited seven more days and sent out the dove again. It came back in the evening with a freshly picked olive leaf in its beak. Noah knew that the flood was about finished. This filled my heart. He knew that it was about finished. How do you respond when you know that something is coming to an end, but it's not over yet? What do you say? How do you show up? How does your prayer life increase? How does your praise increase? How does your gratitude reveal itself? And I had to ask myself that question. I won the housing lottery. That's a blessing. I'm going to be living by myself. That's a blessing. But I don't know when I'm moving in yet. It's about over. I sent out the dove, my emails (laughs) to the housing people, but this is not over yet. How am I going to respond? Is it with anxiety? Am I going to start speaking negative now after God's already revealed himself to me? Am I going to stop packing things, which to be honest, I did. I didn't pack everything in my house and was like ready to call the movers the next day. Um, but I was still living there, you know, so I didn't pack up everything, but I did start calling around with moving companies and getting quotes from them. And it was just beautiful how it all just came to be. I told one of my Peeps at work, and they gave me their moving company, which was cheaper than all the places I looked at. So I was like, Great, I can save money this way. And then I talked to the lease manager, and he was like, Okay, you have to be out by the 15th. Let's, I don't, I think there's no reason why you won't get approved according to the housing lottery people. Let's do it. I signed my lease early, y'all. I was on the phone with him. I was, I was on a walk during the middle of the day. And when he said that, I mean, I was prepping myself. I did a whole praise and worship session before I got on the phone with him. And I was like, God, I just pray that I have favor with this man. And da, 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 da. I get on the phone. We was on the phone less than two minutes. And then he was like, I'll send you the lease tonight. I almost passed out. I went to the park by my old apartment and I just cried. I just cried. I broke down because I got to sit in how God it's good like he is good all the time and it was the week that i was supposed to be moving and god comes through in this way like i think like 3 days before the 15th and i get the lease to the place before i was officially approved by the housing lottery peeps approved by god approved by god noah approved by god Why his family versus the other families? Why two by two of the animals versus all, like, you know, approved by God to go to this new place, to go to this new place. And it's no small thing. And I just, I just had to sit in that. I wrote about it. I called my mom, but before I did any of that, I just sat and I cried and I thanked God out loud in the park. Um, just for how good he was. I said a prayer and I was just was in awe. It's like, you know, God's good. And then when he shows up for you, you be like, wait, bruh, like you good. And so, um, continuing with the whole story. I mean, I asked my landlord, I was like, Hey, I know I'm supposed to be out on the 15th, but I, the house Authority third people haven't approved me yet. I need some more time. And I ended up moving out instead of the Thursday, I ended up moving out on Monday. So it wasn't even too crazy. But I truly think that I learned that belief isn't just belief. When you ask God for something and you walk in the full faith that you're going to get it, he sees you. And not only does he see you, but he's working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And he's a promise keeper. God got me this apartment and it was promised to me. So paperwork, no paperwork, God's bigger than a email. You know what I mean? And I had to really believe that. And then I feel like there were instructions And things that you're supposed to do in the new apartment. There's a way that I wanted to live. My word of the year is permission. There's permission that I wanted to grant myself on how I want to show up in this space. And in reading Genesis 8, 15 through 17, God spoke to Noah Leave the ship, you and your wife and your sons, and your sons' wives. Take all the animals with you, the whole menagerie of animals, of sorry, of birds, mammals, and crawling creatures, all that. Brimming proteology of life so they can reproduce and flourish on the earth. God had closed a door before locking them into the ship and maybe that's COVID. we was all locked in the, in the house for COVID child and now he's opened the door and you might have some new instructions. you might not be going back to normal you might not be doing things the way that you did them before. and I don't think that we have to see that as loss. I think we can see it as fitting new season, new instructions. It makes sense. It's logical. And so I have to allow myself to walk in the permission of that, to sit fully in that. And in Genesis 8, 20 through 21, we see that Noah began his new season with praise. When we go into a new thing, we could run headfirst into it. We could be overwhelmed now with this blessing because you're trying to figure out how you're going to do everything and you're putting more stress on yourself than God's allotted for the day and all of that. Or we could invite praise into the situation. And when you invite praise into the situation, that's where gratitude comes in. And maybe praise is just sitting quietly. Maybe it's writing it out. Maybe it's worship music. And for me it was. I signed my lease and then I got the keys to my new crib. I just got a new apartment. Okay, I just got a new apartment, honey. So I came in and when I was in the apartment now, it's the second time because I got to view it. And when I came into the apartment, I just felt like I was on holy ground. I took my shoes off. The floor wouldn't even sweat, honey. I took my shoes off, don't judge. And I put my AirPods in and I just praised and I danced in every room and I sang out loud because I can do that because I live by myself. Like I just, I felt so good and still in awe of God's goodness and how amazing he is. And maybe you've already transitioned into your new space. You're already doing the new thing. I want to invite you to sit in it. The next time I wasn't in my apartment wasn't the day I moved in. It was just the day I praised. I came in and I praised and then I left. I had to run home. I had therapy in like the next hour. But I took time to recognize that I was standing in something that I could not orchestrate. That it was only God and nobody but God. And I think those moments are important because it sets up the new thing that you're walking into it calms you down. anxiety ain't even invited at my doorstep, and I truly believe it's because of I invited praise first into my doorstep. I invited praise first before I had my bed in here, a rug, a fork, a knife, a spoon, anything before any physical things were in my apartment. I allow God's presence to flood this place, and I think that that is truly the key to walking in the newness of all that we are in Jesus Christ. Backing up in Genesis, I wanted to call out Genesis 5 and 32. I was shocked by this. So if you read in Genesis 4, 5, you'll see all these people and they're all having kids. They're all um, peeps who were alive before Noah, like all Noah's family, right? And they're all having kids in like their hundreds. They're having a lot of kids. And then you see in Genesis 5 and 32, Noah only had three sons and he had them when he was 500 versus 100 like the people before him. Noah was the chosen one. He did stuff a little bit different and it wasn't really up to him. It was a call. It was a mark of God. And I think that that could be intimidating Um, We don't know Noah's thoughts at the time. It doesn't have his words recorded, but you could get nervous. You could wonder why me. You can compare. And when you start to get into that space, the blessing don't look like a blessing. Being chosen doesn't feel that good. Your three sons might get less from you because you're wondering why you don't have a hundred sons like other people. Your age starts to not be a blessing. Living a 500, can you even imagine? And he's having kids at age 500. It doesn't matter if it's three or if it's 3 billion. The fact that he even had kids at that age, I can't even fathom. The fact that he was alive at that age. But when you're comparing to why you didn't have children earlier like other people, your blessing doesn't seem like a blessing, right? And so if I compare my apartment to other people's apartment, which I started to do for a little while. My blessing that I won the housing lottery doesn't seem like a blessing. The fact that I have to figure out how I'm going to record when I still don't even have internet in my apartment yet doesn't seem like a blessing, right? Because I start to look at the negatives. I start to compare how I used to record before, how I used to do things before. And I'm expecting God to show up in the same way. I'm putting myself in a box and I'm putting God in a box. When you're chosen, when you're set apart, when there's a mark, when there's a call on you, you're gonna feel it. It's gonna be noticeable because everybody else or how you owed you used to do something was at the 100 level. And now you, you at the 500 level now, you've raised the stakes. Things are a little bit different. You might have to have a bit more patience, but things are popping off. And it's that much more special because you were called to it. And so as I sat with that thought, as I sat with that, I, I just, again, I felt so grateful that God called me to where I'm at, that he called me to it at this stage in my life where I'm still working from home. I can get my things together where I didn't save some money, honey. So I can like buy the things that I want to buy and where my gratitude is up. Where I can truly see him move and know that it's him moving for my benefit, for my good, versus to add more stress to my life. And I wonder if you're doing that. If you're available to truly see the moves that God is making, or if everything's stressing you out, if everything's a problem, if you're not showing up the way that you should. How are you showing up in this season? If God shut a door, are you still trying to bust it open? Are you still turning around and peeking and looking? Are you looking at other people's doors that seem to be wide open and wishing you could run into those? Have you tried to run into them? Another thing I wanted to share, in case you're intimidated in this transition, is my rug in my room. There was a rug in my room. And before I found out about the housing lottery, before I really was even deep in my search, I felt the need to throw away this rug. I've had the rug for like three years and it served me well. It's a beautiful rug. I loved it. And I've done some of my best prayers sitting on the floor of this rug. I've had some great crying sessions on the floor of this rug. And I've had my personal Bible studies here. Like that was my sacred place. That's where I met God in my house. The shower and this rug. And something, I feel like it was all the Spirit told me to throw it away. And it didn't make sense because I didn't have a rug to replace it with. And I knew that that was the place where I met God, right? And so I was intimidated about it. But I, I was like, I don't know. Something's telling me that I don't need this. Like, we, we, we've entered a new space. And that rug meant discipline for me in one season. That rug Meant to get out of my bed in the mornings when I'm sleepy and sit on this hard floor and pray here instead of in the bed. That was where, when I had my um, prayer calls during my devotional in 2019, that's where I had my prayer calls each morning. Like that was the spot. And so, throwing that rug away, I wanted to buy a new one anyway, but I didn't get around to it because it meant something. And God had to close the door on how I met him in one season. So that way I could be open to new ways to meet him now. God is not going anywhere. He's still present with you. He's here with you here and now. But maybe the place that you met him, how you met him, the notebook that you write your prayers in, maybe you need a new one. Maybe there's something different That he wants to reveal to you. Maybe there's a different space that he wants to commune with you in. And if you're still trying to meet him on that tired, raggedy rug, you're blocking your own blessings. You're blocking being able to hear him in a unique, tailored way for this season. Starting over ain't all bad. I'm so excited to pick out a new rug. And I'm excited for the prayers that I'm gonna have on it. And maybe I don't pray on my rug anymore. Maybe I do something else. Maybe that's just the rug on my floor so I don't walk on a bare floor and me and God meet on my balcony now because I have a balcony. You know what I mean? There's just so many new ways that when we're open to it, when we have the faith, when we actually have hope versus thinking about all of the negative that happens in our lives we see God be activated in new ways and it gives us permission to do the same thing. If you don't believe that God can be new, it's hard to believe that you can be new. If you don't believe that God can start things over, it's hard for you to believe you can start over. If you don't believe that you can activate your faith, it's hard to believe that God will meet you based on the faith that you activated. You know, it's kind of a call and response, our relationship with the Father. He calls on us every day and it's up to us to respond. So if there's a rug in this season, there's something you're holding on to. If there's a door that God is trying to close and your hand is on that knob, let it go. Let it go. He's on the other side, okay? He's on the other side of that receipt. And you got to walk through. And there's going to be some things you got to move. There's going to be some things you're going to have to shift. But the Holy Spirit's with you every step of the way. With that being said, the power tool of the week is to get in the boat. Activate your faith by getting in the boat. If you have an instruction, a thing that you know you're supposed to do, a thing that you want to do, and you're hoping that God will meet you in that, Get in the boat, do the thing, start packing your stuff. Get prepared for whatever blessing it is that you're waiting on and God will meet you in it. And you might feel things being rocky. There might be rain for 40 days and 40 nights, but keep your hope. Send that dove out again. Send another prayer out. Talk to another person about the business plan. Do whatever it is that you need to do, but don't shut down your faith. Do not lock away your voice in this season. There are still things that you need to say, and sometimes your voice is activated by what you do. Get in the boat. And that's what activates your prayers. That's what activates how God is going to show up. Because now he he has an understanding of what you really mean when you say you bad. and what it really means when you said you want to walk with him in this season. And he'll be like, "Okay, they ready. Don't get deterred by the rocking. Don't get deterred by the rain. Just stay in the boat. And then when God opens the door, step out in the new season. And if you have no instructions, walk in that. But for today, get in." the boat. So I hope this episode has been fruitful to you guys. Um, My story of getting my new apartment and all that has blessed me with has been time consuming, (laughs) both emotionally, physically, we're having to pack everything up, unpacking now, um, all those things. However, it is just, it's just such beautiful thing that i'm so happy to share with i can't wait to have people over i'm about to have my first glass of wine in the new place honey and so i'm excited about that and even just learning my environment just being in love with brooklyn again is exciting and so I am thankful to all of you guys as I've been in this state of transition. I haven't been as active on Instagram, but I'll be popping back in soon. Um, but I i don't know if you have noticed, the episodes have been coming out more frequently. And so every listen, as always, I'm going to keep saying it because you guys just continue to blow my mind. I am thankful for each and every one of you that are listening to this show. And every time that you share, every time that you rate, every time you review, it is further affirmation and confirmation of that day that I stepped in the boat and told God yes that I was going to begin power and prose podcast there are big things coming for us as a community and the more that we step in these boats together and activate our faith the more that we'll have testimonies to share it's not intimidating to start over it's only intimidating when you don't try and don't trust God. With that being said, let's continue to chit and chat together. If you want to get plugged into my community outside of the episodes, you can connect with me on Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast, or you can subscribe to the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter where I share poems, scriptures of the week, and a creator's note where I just tell you what's going on with me in my life and it hopes that it encourages you. So Um, I love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Remember to profess your power and there's power in pros. Bye.